1: Big show live from the warehouse, 1825 South, 300 West. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott. Let's get out to the zone phone. He is the general manager of the Utah Jazz. Welcome him back to the big show. He is Justin Zanuck. Justin, how are you today? Hey, Jake. I'm good. Hey, that's Doing great. I'm well today. Yeah. Yeah, you got to yeah, yeah. be feeling good. Good day today. Yeah, you got to be feeling good. What do you think about your team uh, moving on to round number two? Just happy for them, the resilience that they've
2: shown. And it's always hard to, uh, you know, win a game in the NBA get seating in the NBA and, and advance in a, in a series. So we don't take that for granted, know that we've got, you know, a lot more work to do, but uh, really proud of them for taking care of business last night and we'll go and get some rest here and wait to see who we, who we play.
3: Justin Quinn said last night that uh, this is a different team than a year ago. What's different about it? What are you noticing? I just think that having more time together, for us to get acclimated,
2: um, obviously a lot of different events last year forced us to, you know, learn some hard lessons, whether, you know, accomplishing what we did in the bubble and not, in, you know, not getting to where we wanted. Um, having Jordan for a couple of training camps, Boyan's return from injury, Mike getting acclimated and getting to know us and us adjusting to him. All those things just took a little time. And the character of the group, the resiliency of the group, had a lot of challenges this year and uh had some really good responses from those where maybe a younger team or less experienced team would have been a little more rattled and they've come through great this year so really proud of them and the growth they've shown
1: Justin, when you put together a roster, I'm sure you have a vision uh, for how things should work ideally. And uh, through that lens, when you watch the first quarter or even the first half last night and you see it really click to the point where you set a franchise playoff record with 47 points in the first quarter, how does that make you feel?
2: You know, watching beautiful basketball, it's (laughs) a beautiful watch. (laughs) So, you know, you aspire to play like that for long stretches and consistency and obviously very good opponents in the NBA night and night out and Memphis is a tough club. So even be able to have a quarter or two like that and, and play that especially in front of our, our great fans in a full house, uh, was a lot of fun. And then, you know, most impressive to me was just the ability to hold and and not only maintain but grow that lead so that, you know, Memphis is always trying to make comebacks and it was just too much for them to overcome yesterday.
3: Justin, one thing that really impresses me about this team, and it was illustrated in the way it played last night, as we've been talking about, is the the focus. I mean, and it seems like your players, I know they don't want to sit there and brag or boast about winning a championship or anything like that, but they don't shy away from what their intention is. I'm impressed by that. You know, last night, Donovan made no bones about it. He said, hey, man, we won tonight, and it was good, and it feels good, but uh, the work's not done. I, I find that kind of leadership kind of refreshing.
2: No, I think it's great. They embrace the, the challenges that they want to meet and the goals that they have. And I think from experience over the last couple of years has made it, you know, whether it's fresh in some guy's minds and they use it as motivation or um, just going through those experiences allows you to be calmer in the moment and be able to refocus. We've had lots of lessons like that why the 72 games that we played and the experiences we had you know the year before give us those feelings again and and if we didn't handle them right the first time we can handle them right the next time and one of the reasons why I was really so proud of them you know closing it out so it was one lesson that they were able to be presented with that they had last year and and took care of business and now it's to remain focused I think you saw Donovan you know specifically and Rudy's Always like this, or very much so like this, um, just focused onto the next one. And, you know, enjoy that moment and then let's go get our rest. And we've got bigger goals to try to accomplish, and we ac- can't accomplish those without taking care of the first one, which is great, but it's immediate focus onto the next one.
1: How cool is it to have Dwayne Wade around and part of the group? He's been
2: great. He's been great. Um, his experience. I think uh, connect, you know, perspective, um, just him as a person, his character as well, have just been great additions for, for all of us, and uh, having him around and present, and, and bought in. He's not just making an appearance. He's, he's invested in the group, and uh, really have enjoyed getting to know him.
3: So, Justin, between what Ryan Smith is doing and what Quinn Snyder is establishing and what you and Dennis are doing with the personnel, with the roster, is it becoming cool to be a part of the Utah Jazz?
2: Well, I'm I'm a little biased, Gordon. I've, I've always thought it's been cool to be part of the Utah Jazz. Um, you know, on the stability of the franchise, how how uh, the organization takes care of its people. And, you know, that's a credit to the Millers. Um for their great run of ownership and identifying the right person to continue that. And with Ryan's energy and, you know, the stability that we try to put in place and continuity by taking care of players, whether it's in coaching and having a chance to get better and attain goals and player development for them to get better and health performance to keep them safe. And, uh, the character of the group that we try to identify and that they get along and like each other and all of that from great support from ownership, the community and the fans. So I'm not trying to dodge your question. Frankly, I moved here eight years ago. My family's fallen in love with the Wasatch front. I'd never lived in the mountain West before, and I couldn't imagine a better place to to live than be a jazz fan and work for the jazz and live in salt lake city
3: the winning doesn't hurt i'm sure that that's Uh, a nice that's a nice part too yeah and then and then my last part of that question is uh justin are you yourself cool uh that's up to my wife and (laughs) she thinks i'm cool so i'm good with that
2: anybody else it doesn't really bother me (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> so, uh, Justin Zanuck with us, 97-5 in twelve-eighty of the zone. Justin, Rudy had a stat line last night over 20 points, 15 boards, and three blocks that we have not seen a Jazz player have since Carmelone did it in the playoffs, that is, in uh, back in 1994. It's been a long time. And I want you to hearken back to when you guys drafted Rudy Gobert. Did you expect him to get to this level, or has he exceeded what you guys even thought when you drafted him?
2: I mean, it's been such a... So Rudy's first year was my first year as well. And I think I've told you guys this before, whether it's been related around the draft or trying to project uh, humans and production and fit and role. And I think, you know, it's a combination, first and foremost, Rudy's talent and drive and character to get better. That's what you bet on in the draft. And then putting him in a situation where he's safe, Uh, health performance wise, he can work on the things that he has, great coaches that he listens to and learns from. And then the right pieces around him for him to excel and excel in his role and be a superstar in his role. You obviously hope that that could happen with any player that you draft. And, you know, I said that we thought that that was going to happen. We should have traded every pick and every, (laughs) every ass that we had to take him one instead of getting him at 27. So really proud of Rudy and and uh, his commitment to the team, to the city, to us, and our commitment to him. So really, I didn't know that actually, that that hadn't happened since 94 with Carl. So another uh, feather in Rudy's cap.
3: Justin, let me extend that question of Jake's and, and move it over to Donovan Mitchell and, and guys like Jordan Clarkson. We, we on our show have talked a lot about the worst Condition a team can be in in the NBA uh, is having spent money on the wrong players. And it seems like what you said about Rudy Gobert and uh, this last uh, offseason with Donovan Mitchell, you paid, you extended these guys, you paid them big dollars and it's working out for you. You paid Jordan Clarkson. It's working out for you, which is a whole lot better than being hamstrung, right? Uh, Yeah, I mean, I don't sorry to bring up the hamstring thing, but I, I mean, you know, I mean, right now that's a little sensitive but 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 you know what I mean? Some teams pay all that money and they're they're they finish eighth or ninth well it's look it's part of
2: team building, and that doesn't just go to Dennis and David and myself and our our front office that goes along with ownership and coaches and our health performance group but You don't just draft a player and then all of a sudden he becomes good. There's lots of pitfalls or what Dennis has coined, traps of the NBA. And one of those is, you know, because of the the rules um, with the salary cap and the luxury tax, if you make a big mistake, you can set yourself back in terms of your optionality or choices you can to build the most competitive team. If you don't pay guys fairly, you pay the wrong ones, um, don't pay the right ones. All of those things, you know, why constantly we're evaluating during the season, you know, for now, two years from now, three years from now, and trying to make as good a decision as possible. We're not going to get them all right, but if we can get most of them right and bet on the character and talent of the group, then, you know, we'll be better most nights than others.
1: Last thing for me, Justin, and it's a question you probably can't even answer, but uh, I'll take a stab anyway. Uh, who should Jazz fans be rooting for Friday night, Dallas or the Clippers?
2: <laughs> uh, I don't know. I, I think it'll just be a, a great Friday night to to get the popcorn out and see what happens <laughs> and really to decide whether or not we're playing Sunday or playing Tuesday. So well, the great thing about, you know, having the best record in the league and finishing first in the Western Conference is whoever it is, they've got to come see us and our fans and uh, – our guys get to sleep in their own beds for a few more nights.
3: And last thing for me, Justin, and really it sounds like a softball I'm lobbing up there to you, but it is earnest. My question, I, I really wonder about this, and the question is, is what the Jazz do, the team, the way the players seem to like each other, is that unique? Is that is that uh, extraordinary in the Jazz's case? or And how important is that? We,
2: I mean, I can't speak for other NBA teams. All I know for us, uh, it goes into a large part of our evaluation and team building is guys with high character that will star in their role, support their teammates, support their city community um, because it's a long season and we're together. Uh, you know, And this year, I mean, shoot, we've been together 12 of the last 14 months. So um, most of the daylight hours and a lot of the night hours so we better be able to get along um I think it's really important and whether it's unique in the NBA I know that we've you know this is this is a team that I've worked for 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 a long time and we've seen it in whether our wins are where we are this year or a few years ago when we were just getting out of a rebuild our teams have always gotten along liked each other and played for each other so It's an expectation and a standard for us here at the Jazz.
1: Justin, we're always appreciative when you find a few minutes to drop by the show. Thank you very much, and uh, good luck in round number two.
2: Thanks, guys. Appreciate both of you. Take care.
1: You too. Thank you, Justin. Uh, Justin Zanuck, General Manager for the Utah Jazz. His appearance today uh, brought to you by our friends at Cypress Credit Union. For a limited time, only get a free Utah Jazz signed Joe Ingalls jersey when you open a new dream checking account with direct deposit at Cypress Credit Union. Cypress Credit Union, your future is our future. That was a fun conversation, as usual. uh, We we like having Justin on the show. He always gives very thoughtful answers, but uh, anything stand out to you today, Gordo?
3: You know the question I asked him about how the team play the players like each the other. Softball, yeah, yeah,
1: it's a softball,
3: right? <laughs> but but I really wonder about that. I mean, we we hear the Jazz talk about character, and we've heard that for well, I've heard it for I don't know thirty forty years. Uh, but but in this case, these guys really seem to to care about one another's success, and I don't know if that's put on or whether it's it's authentic or what, but it it seems to have a, a positive effect on what's happening. And if you're losing and you like each other, maybe, maybe it doesn't matter. And you and I have had the discussion before about how much it does matter, but it, it seems to have some kind of effect.
1: I don't know if it's put on. I don't know if it matters. But here here is what I say. that first thought that comes to my mind when you say that, Gordon. Donovan and Rudy, too. I'll include Rudy in this, but particularly Donovan. He goes out of his way to mention his teammates. Mm-hmm. You and I both uh, listen to every post-game interview uh, Donovan's done this year and probably throughout his entire career pretty darn close. And whenever he's asked about a question about himself, sometimes he'll talk about it, but inevitably he mix in, mixes in a teammate. No, yeah yeah i played well tonight made those passes i was really seeing the floor well but man did you see royce and what he did mm-hmm. you know and he'll even go down to i remember when uh, trent Forrest was filling in and he's talking about trent Forrest and how happy he is for him i think it's this tone set at the top where we're going to have a team mentality and we're not it's not going to be and i'm just going to pick on lebron here for a second but it's not going to be where lebron brings everybody in and says your guys are a part of history and it's mostly about me, but you guys are here too. You know, they mm-hmm. publicly, Donovan does a very good job about mentioning everybody and spreading the credit around, and I think that stuff matters to NBA players who are trying to make their way in the world. You know what's interesting about that, Jake, is, and
3: I know this because I've had the conversation with certain guys, sometimes they know that what they say about their teammates, their teammates are going to find out about it. They, well, yes, they, they know mean, that, but it goes know, into the newspaper, but, yeah, but some players claim they don't pay any attention to that Balderdash. Story. yeah, they do pay attention to what's said, and that's true for players talking about their teammates. It's true about what coaches say it's it it it's it's universal, I think, and uh uh sometimes messages are being sent there, and so when Donovan is complimenting say a Joe Ingles or somebody else, he's doing it, not saying that he's doing it to uh to uh, manipulate, but he is doing it for a reason.
1: Well, Coach Snyder does it too. Uh, Tim Lacombe pointed this out a few weeks ago, and he's he's totally right. Coach Snyder never uses. Right, he always says "our." He never says "my." Mm-hmm. You know, he never says "my team played hard tonight." He always says "we played hard tonight," or "our team played hard tonight," or credit our players. I mean, he's, it's always a, it's not a, it's not never an individual thing with him. It's always a collective. I think that's on purpose too yeah. it's it's cultivating a culture. we always talk about those cliches, right. but this all
3: plays into it and that's one of the things that I think Quinn is being able to and to some extent Dennis has done it from from a sort of an umbrella standpoint is to develop this culture and I know that's sort of a a word that's thrown around in modern sports, but uh, uh, they do it for a reason uh, they they want to establish a positive uh, sort of high-spirited, uh, competitive environment, and uh, the Jazz seem to have been successful in doing that. I liked your question about Rudy Gobert, and when uh, when Justin said, "If we'd known he was going to be that good, we would have we would have traded everything to get to number one to pick him," but and I've he- I heard Frank Layden say yeah, that I've about John Stockton that, yeah, right. back in the day. But it's it's it's. Uh, that's a nice bit of honesty. They thought he was going to be good. They had no clue he was going to be this good. Right.
1: No, right. That's why I, that that kind of question intrigues me because you, you uh, I, there's no way that they envisioned him to be what he is now. Yeah. They probably thought he was going to be pretty good. They spent a first-round pick on him. I mean, they didn't do that. You know, just because they thought Rudy was nice. I mean, (laughs) they probably thought he could become something. But the best defensive player in the league, uh, soon to be three-time defensive player of the year. Doing what he's doing now for his team. Uh, Having a playoff game that we haven't seen since Karl Malone. Yeah. Uh, You know, nobody Mm -hmm. saw that coming, and they've got to just be on cloud nine about that one. Remember two or three years ago when people used to talk about
3: the Jazz and they'd say, And maybe some people still do. It's a nice team, but they don't have the stars necessary to win at the highest level. It's adorable. Well, you say that on like a show-by-show basis. Well, they, they do have stars, and they do have stars who are on the rise and who are showing people what they're capable of doing. And well, that's certainly true of the big stars, Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert, like we've been talking about. And then they're getting a whole lot of support too from from uh, the other guys. So it's it sort of seems to be coming together now. Every series has its own personality, and whoever the Jazz end up playing. And I love the way Justin dodged that question. No way he was going to answer no, that. No, he wasn't. Answering and you that knew that. that. Well, I didn't think he would. But yeah, why not take a stab know. in the dark? Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, I'm glad. Uh, did you say I? I don't think you're going to answer. This I said question? I don't think you're. I ask... wish you just had asked. Just asked it, it. I yeah, thought... because then you're you're preparing him yeah, to dodge that's, it. That's true. But now, uh, oh, well, I, I bet personally he has an
1: answer to that. Oh, sure, he does. <laughs> he told me. How could how could you not though? <laughs> you know that's the funny thing about about coach speak and not that uh, the Jay Z gives us a lot of coach speak, but on a question like that, I mean, he can't give the other team locker room uh, bulletin board material. But I bet a zillion dollars he's pulling for somebody on Friday.
3: Well, the interesting thing about that is that one of the possibilities is the Clippers, and the Clippers did everything they could to play the Mavs in the first round. Yep. I mean, they darn near, like, put their whole team on the disabled list, I think.
1: They had to lose to the Rockets Houston and Oklahoma and, City, right? Was it <laughs> – in back to back nights, or not <laughs> oh. not back to back, but two then,
3: games in a row. And then they did everything but the twist, trying to deny that uh, shenanigans were at play there. And now they're trailing in the series three to two, and there would be some some great irony come to fruition if uh, if the Mavs win. And I can't speak for Justin Zanek, but I have a feeling this is just speculation on my part
1: that he would. Rather see the match. I think so too For the reasons that we talked about earlier in the show Maybe we get back to those yeah. uh, But we are live at the warehouse today 1825 South, 300 West Price is so low to blow your mind It's always, Gordon, our most comfortable broadcast location And our friend Christopher is joining us once again toF you, uh, you guys know what you're doing I'll tell you what I could see myself spending a lot of time in this particular couch
4: Hey, and with your newborn It serves you right, man I hope you've been comfortable with this whole show
1: Oh, man, I could, I, I, you know, you're right, Toph, with the newborn, you do find yourself sitting in one spot for an extraordinary amount of time, especially if uh, they're having trouble going to sleep. Toph, I'm telling you, uh, Jake's going to buy that, that I uh, might have piece to. of furniture it's he said. Very you know, nice.
3: Yep, he's going to do it.
1: And, hey, it's, it's priced in my range because that's what you guys do here at the warehouse. Highest quality, lowest price. The highest quality, the lowest
4: price? I, I mean, not all of us are Chris Pauls, so we do that's like right. to get the most for our
3: dollar. That's right. <laughs> Jake. To keep I'm go telling ahead, you, Gordon. Toph, Jake is going to buy this. I, uh, I, I'm I Pretty comfy. He, and, and, and and as you mentioned, Jake is very stingy with the, with the dollars. That is so, a fact. Yeah.
1: So, yeah, but a lot of folks out there are stingy, Toph. Where do you want to go in this? Uh, what deal do you want to break out this break? We've been talking a lot about adjustable beds, so I'll just do a little short bit,
4: and I will do an offer that is just irresistible in this short little bit. All right. Let's do it. Um, so this, that last spot, we talked about our highest, uh, our best value, we will say, but is the we'll say the highest the, ticket in our store for adjustable beds. If you want something similar, but you're a little more on the memory foam side, this is the deal for you. We're talking Split King, one base for you and one for your partner. You can adjust individually, but it's 15-inch gel-infused memory foam mattress, and Let's see. Six of those 15 inches are actually gel-infused, or what they call airflow airflow contouring light foam, which is a new technology by the company we rep for. This internal foam actually drops the temperature of the mattress down by six degrees. So no more hot nights, no more wicked AC bills. This is a crazy new mattress. We're talking of savings of about 1,500 bucks. It's It'll be about 400 bucks cheaper than the latex option, so it is an, another just steal of a deal.
1: Awesome. Take advantage of that, saving thousands. 1825 South, 300 West. We appreciate you, Tuff. Thank you. Thank you, Jake. All right, we'll have more Big Show coming up next. Stay tuned, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.
0: What time is it? It's half past the hour and time to talk Utah Jazz. Oh, Donovan! This is your Jazz at 30 update.
1: Ring the 30-point bell. bell. The Utah Jazz closed out. The Memphis Grizzlies last night at Vivint Arena, 126-110. to 110. Jazz come back and win four consecutive games after losing game number one, and Rudy Gobert talked about that feat.
0: I mean, Donovan is got better every single year. You know, obviously having him back was key and was huge for us. You know, it's it's fun. It's fun to play with Donovan. It's fun to play with Mike. You know, having guys that work so hard and, and, and want to win is, is how you build a, a championship uh, identity. You know, I think he has that. You know, as we saw tonight, he's getting better every single year. So it's uh, it's fun to be a part of. And uh, you know, I'm exciting. I'm excited of you know what's gonna what's gonna happen next.
1: Well, what happens next is they take on either the Dallas Mavericks or the Los Angeles Clippers. The Mavs have a three games to two lead in that best of seven series. Game six will be on Friday night in Dallas. This playoff update brought to you by our friends at Syringa Networks. 100 days have made me older Since the last time that I saw your old pretty face 1,000 lost have made me colder Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, live from the warehouse, 1825 South, 300 West. Prices so low to blow your mind I want to remind you about our friends at Premier Wave Therapy. You've heard about Acoustic Wave for ED and how it is an effective treatment to help nearly all men. There is now a physician-owned clinic here in Salt Lake. Learn how they were unique by visiting PremierWave.com for more information and to learn about their special offer. Gordon, uh, we have an update on Mike Conley. Uh, I'll just read right from it. During uh, Game 5 between the Jazz and Grizzlies last night, Mike Conley left in the second quarter after experiencing right hamstring soreness. This morning, an MRI revealed a mild right hamstring strain. He will be reevaluated prior to Game 1 of the Western Conference semifinals. So that
3: sounds like pretty good news.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's not more uh, been. more severe, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, that they still, uh, they still have him uh, poss- uh, possibility for Game Number 1. I think yeah. that's good news. And considering and, game number one could be Sunday, right. yeah, or, sorry. Or, or Sunday, or
3: what? Most probably, what would you say? Most probably Tuesday,
1: Tuesday, because because I mean, we kind of think, think the Clippers might win. Yeah, I think it'll go seven.
3: Yeah. So yeah, the more time, the better. Obviously, for the Jazz, they would love to have that series go. But you ask a really interesting question: Would they rather play Sunday and have it be the Mavs? or wait till Tuesday and have it be the Clippers. And
1: roll the dice. Yeah. Yeah, yeah,
3: yeah. Yeah, or roll the dice. Yeah.
1: I don't know. Cuz they take the game 7 if it could still be the Mavs and they knew that. I just look at the rosters and I think if I'm if
3: I'm in charge of an NBA team, I would rather play the Mavs. I know that Luka Doncic is a unique talent. He's terrific and some people are comparing him to a young LeBron. He's only 22 years old, but I just don't think the Mavs are as good
1: as the Clippers. I, I agree with you in that regard. Well, I sound like a broken record, but I'll, I'll tell you where Luca is not LeBron, and that's on the defensive side of the floor. <laughs> and and in all honesty, if I've got Donovan Mitchell, you know, being such a key offensive player for the Utah Jazz, which he has proved himself to be over and over again, not to mention this past series where. Rattle off four consecutive games simply by putting him back in the lineup, but do I want Donovan going up against Paul George, Patrick Beverly, and Kawhi Leonard <laughs> all game, every game? Good point. Heck no. Good point. Heck no. That's brutal. I don't know how I don't know how teams score on the Clippers, and here's maybe where I'm out of touch because Luca is having one heck of a series, and he's going up against those guys. So maybe yeah. I'm off here, but you know what? what what's Dallas's answer to Donovan? The Clippers have one. I don't yeah. think Dallas does. Well, this is where
3: uh, you find out regardless of who you're going up against, you know, uh who do they who do the Clippers have Garden Doncic? Oh, yeah, I think that it's a it's a it smattering around? of everybody because he is, you know, I mean, he he played like a, an absolute stud in this last game. What do you have
1: 42 points and uh a bunch of assists. He no, he's special. Yeah, I got it. I'm not trying to downplay Luca, but we're talking about, I mean, we're talking about the playoffs. Everybody's good, right? Well, obviously, I mean, it's three, two. So like you said, the
3: Mavs obviously are showing something here that uh, would be a challenge either way. When you get to the second round of the playoffs, I know that when we talk about that team back in 07 or whatever it was, that they lucked out by being able to play the Warriors in the second round. But if you get into the second round of the the the
1: playoffs you're you're playing somebody who's pretty proficient at winning right right i couldn't I, I couldn't agree more here's a here's a hot take alert for you gordon i think dallas needs a different robin to lucas batman you don't i don't think,
3: think porzingis
1: is the man i don't think that's a good fit uh you don't think hardaway is the man i like hardaway but do you think he's a number two no on a on, a, on what about a, trey burke on a championship team, I don't think. Well, Trey, I mean, that's a given. You know, he obviously is. But, no, I, right now, Porzingis, I kind of like the idea of him as a number two. I just don't know if he compliments Luca. My issue with Porzingis is, one, he has trouble staying healthy. And, two, he is so soft. He likes to shoot from outside. And nothing else inside. <laughs> hey, yeah. if, you're, uh, if you're Joel Embiid and you're a banger, and you want to take some threes? Sweet. <laughs> oh, he's earned the right, has he? But don't you need, still in the NBA, and maybe this is a broader topic, Gordon, that uh, that uh, you know, differing, we can have some differing opinions out there, but don't you need some toughness still to win in the NBA? Sure you do. Don't you need, and, and maybe it doesn't have to be your interior player, maybe it can come from somewhere else, but don't you still have to have some toughness to 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 well, ultimately succeed in the NBA.
3: Let me give you an obvious example of that. Rudy Gobert is tougher now than he was four years ago. Agree.
1: I totally agree. Or he and plays tougher anyway. I don't does. know if he's
3: – Well, yeah. I'm not – He plays tougher. I don't know personally. Right. But when he's on the floor, he's establishing himself in a way that I don't remember him doing back in the beginning. He showed some of the rudiments of talent – But, uh, Jake, like you and I were talking about, I think, day before yesterday, we are impressed when Rudy Gobert goes to that basket and slams with authority. Because not only is that extremely efficient, but it sends a message to your team. We saw him do that last night on a number of occasions. I mean, he flushed it and flushed it hard. Or he got fouled. Yeah. Yeah. And didn't shy away from getting fouled. Yeah. Because, really, he does. He does. Flail away a little bit when he gets fouled, but he's he's trying to sell it.
1: He does sell it. That's a good yeah. way to put it. He does sell it. Uh, I'm with you when he plays tough. He's, but he, you know he's played tough on D for a long time. But offensively he, he, speaking, you know when yeah. he gets, but but he doesn't I, do snow angels but they on need... the court when he gets
3: uh, when he gets bumped into the way
1: certain superstar. Players. <laughs> but back to the point, the Jazz need a tough player. I think I think to win in the NBA, you still need some toughness. Like like the Warriors maybe the ultimate example of kind of a finesse team offensively. They still had to have Draymond yeah, Green. Agreed. They still had to have a tough guy. And
3: and, and early other guys on, throughout the years.
1: Andrew Bogut right. and
3: they had some guys, you know, who could
1: uh, uh Iguodala, I right. think Right. Some tough players. Yeah. Uh you know, I'm trying to think of some other, you know, maybe maybe LeBron's Cleveland team that won it wasn't all that tough, but they still had Tristan Thompson, who was a pretty tough player. Um Well, LeBron in and of himself in his in his younger years, was so he
3: could muscle his way to the basket whenever he wanted.
1: He'd roll around for a half an hour afterwards. But yeah, <laughs> here we go again. You know, he he would do, no. Really, LeBron LeBron brings the toughness. I just uh, to Dallas. I think they're just a little too finesse. I don't think they have that guy. And Kristaps certainly is not that guy. Yeah, and now I'm thinking of Rice Krispies again. Chris poor Porzingis. Should I just call him Porzingis? <laughs> no,
3: it's fine. Go ahead.
1: Porzingis. Godzingus? That's what they <laughs> called him when he was in New York. I don't know. I don't know if he's that guy for Luca. You know, I thought he was going to be a better player than he is. Well, I didn't think he'd do anything because the Knicks drafted him. And then he showed <laughs> some potential. And then, yeah, now I don't know if he's been as good in Dallas as maybe we expected.
3: Well, they, they thought he was going to be, like you said, the Robin, the Batman. Yeah, and
1: I don't know if he's that. But then again, I don't know if Paul George and Kawhi fit together so seamlessly.
3: Yeah, but you know, I, I understand what you're saying. I, I think if I were to compare those two teams, I think the Clippers are tougher. Oh, 100%. But, but they, they just don't – something short circuits with that team sometimes.
1: I don't get it. I don't get it whether it's intensity or focus or whatever cliche you want to use they miss they're missing it sometimes and sometimes they're not you know game uh golly, all, game 4 where the clippers just hammered them yes, dallas yeah. didn't look like they belonged on the same yeah. floor and then it, they, come D- back
3: dallas looked like they were dead in the water yeah
1: 2 days later all of a sudden the mavericks you know luka can't miss and the clippers are just like uh, you know, we'll play defense some other time. That's well, it good. might be
3: one of those cases, Jake, where be careful what you wish for because uh, who knows? In the playoffs, you never know. Luka Doncic is such a star that I think he's emerging in a way that may not be an exact comparison with LeBron James, but when they were both 22, they were bringing their teams into situations that were exceeding expectations. And so I, I think he's he's dangerous, man. He's dangerous. But I still, I think we're of one mind on this. Both of us think the Clippers would be a tougher out for the Jazz.
1: Yep. I actually think James Harden is a way better comp than LeBron for Luka. Do you? Yep. Yeah, maybe. Um, the way that they play. Well, he does dominate the ball. And he only plays offense. <laughs> hey, LeBron and again i'm not I'm not lebron's uh, biggest fan in the world but lebron two way guy yeah he was he still is, is to a certain extent not not like he used to be Did but you th-
3: see by the way have you seen the the stats on lebron's game sixes no, it's pretty impressive what he does you know well he's probably pretty situations. impressive
1: in game fives fours threes twos and ones too <laughs> yeah
3: but when he's behind, when his team is behind and they're facing in game six uh the record shows that I think he usually – his average is like 40 points in those games.
1: Even when playing with the junior jazz team?
3: <laughs> Come on, you got to give the Lakers a little bit of credit. I mean, I'm not a big – I'm not a Laker fan, but I, I think you need to give – there are some players on that team that can compliment LeBron a little bit. Obviously, not nearly as good without AD, but uh, I don't. Know, we'll see how it goes. I just – I'm real hesitant to just say, okay, LeBron's done. He's, he's 6-0 and in these
1: games. Yeah, but he can't do it himself. That's, he's never been able to do it himself. That's not a knock to LeBron. I don't think anybody is. Again, we, we talked about this actually off the air quite a bit. But, um, I don't know, I think the Lakers' Browning cast has been ex- extraordinarily disappointing.
3: Well, they've had injuries.
1: I'm not talking well, about well, it. I'm well, talking yeah. about the ones who were playing.
3: I know, but if we were talking, if we were... if. If Anthony Davis were healthy, we wouldn't even be having
1: this conversation right now. Maybe, maybe not. I don't think we would. But that's the way that's well, the way it they goes. F- they fluke out a title in the bubble, and everybody thinks they're the greatest <laughs> See, thing in the world. We greatest things since sliced bread. Didn't even play the Clippers last year. Well, that wasn't their fault. Well, they got a, a Nuggets team that was... I
3: love. Should have been the, out in the, the way first you put round. Me in a
1: position where I have to
3: defend the Lakers. Well, it's not. I've never uh, it's been not A. S- I'm not a Lakers fan. I'm not a Lobos fan. I'm not a fan of any of these. I lived in California. The five's a mother. <laughs> Did you notice when I called you today that I called it I eighty?
1: No, I didn't know that I I was going to say the 80 on purpose, but I decided to (laughs) spare you the I appreciate that. All right, more next, straight ahead from the warehouse. It's The Big Show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.
0: There isn't much that makes Austin Horton angry. Wait, who are we kidding? Almost everything makes Austin upset. Ah! This is Austin's airing of grievances. The tradition begins with the airing of grievances. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The
1: Zone Sports Network. Big show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone, live from the warehouse, 1825 South, 300 West. Price is so low to blow your mind. It's the warehouse. Time for Austin's list. Our producer, Austin Horton, has an enemies list, someplace you do not want to find yourself. But we put people on the list all the time. What's going on, or uh, Austin? Who makes the list this week? Me, I do. You? You're putting yourself on the list. I
5: make the list. Yep. Wow. Uh, do you guys ever uh, uh, forget that you're supposed to be somewhere or doing something that you've been planned that has been planned for weeks in advance? Uh, and it dawns on you the second it's starting that you were supposed to. This is happening right now.
3: Never, I've yeah. never done that. I've never done that to Craig Bowler. <laughs> what happened to you? Uh,
5: so today we had a, a situation where uh, uh, the wife and I were passing like two ships in the night, and passing off the two-year-old, and so we needed a, a little extra help uh, with with some watching for the the overlap of a couple hours of my shift and her shift. And so uh, we, I waited as long as I possibly could to leave for work today so that my aunt, who's a, an elementary school teacher, would, would be home and could take the, the two-year-old from me. And so I planned the day out to the second so that I could leave right on time, so I could drop her off on time, so I could make it to the big show on time. And it, it all went swimmingly. The two-year-old cooperated. She let me do her hair. She let me bathe her. She, usually I have to, you know... Uh, threaten and, and coerce and, and beg the heavens for divine intervention for these things to happen it was it was like clockwork and I popped that garage door open and realized oh I, I can't get out of my garage because three weeks ago I booked delivery of landscaping rocks to be delivered today <laughs> they just apparently just dumped it on the driveway and left, didn't ring the doorbell or anything and so then, and it was, it was a mound. It covered both sides of the driveway. So then I had to get out and find a shovel, and I must have looked like an Acme cartoon character. Just left, right, left shoulder, right shoulder, left shoulder, right shoulder. Just throwing these rocks into the front yard so I could then get the car out of the, out of the garage. So guess what I get to do when I get home tonight? Yeah, lame. Pick rocks out of grass in the front yard <laughs> so then yeah, I can put them where they need to You probably
3: killed your grass.
5: So. But it's, no, it's my own fault. So I go on the list because it's I should have put a a reminder on my calendar.
1: You should uh, do tonight what Gordon does and just have Lisa. uh... Hey,
5: what's Lisa doing tonight, Gordon? No reason.
1: (laughs) Okay, I gave Gordon a really dirty look early in the show. He just returned the favor right there. Just, just just got a dirty one. You guys go ahead
3: with your fiction. It's fine. It's. It's a little more true than I wish it were, but, <laughs> <laughs> but it's, not complete, it's not completely. It's not completely.
1: Oh man, Austin, there's nothing worse than getting off work and realizing that you've got a lot of work to do as soon as oh, you get home. That's like actual work feeling. this time, yeah, yeah. like yeah. manual labor mm. when you get home. And how long? Out- how long is it going to take you?
3: You think?
5: Oh, probably an hour and a half to two hours.
3: Oh, good heavy lifting. <laughs> how's your How's your back?
5: Uh, not great. Uh, I do have a torn labrum and rotator cuff in my shoulder. I got to fight through that. And
3: Johnny asked a good question. How's Whitney's back?
5: And I got to well, and Whitney I got to wait till the a, movie zone's over. So I Whitney know,
1: is not available for this duty, Gordon, oh. for some very good reasons. Okay. could
5: do it. The first being, the first and last probably being that this is my project that she wanted nothing to do with in the first place.
3: <laughs> well, all I can say, Austin, is you rock. Ugh. Oh my gosh.
1: Alright, let's get out of the let's get out of the zone folks joining us now. We're live here at the warehouse 1825 South Three Hundred West. Tough jumps on with us once again, Christopher. Let's save some folks some money.
4: Let's do it. I just want to say thank you to all the zone listeners. We've actually received a ton of support over the five, six years now that I think we've been doing this. Um but as a little thank you gift, I do want to do a little promo item. Any of our zone listeners that come in and mention the zone, anything you purchase comes with a free, you take your pick either wall hanging mirror or dresser mirror. These are designer styles, all hardwood. You get to take your pick.
1: Sweet. Free mirror. Love it.
4: Uh, And just to close off the day, we want to do one more boom, blow your mind deal. Uh, And when you're here in these spots, if you're like, Wow, an adjustable bed is a lot, but I don't know if I can spend that much. I promise you, we can get you an adjustable bed and it won't break the bank. This deal is unbelievable. We're talking eight ninety nine for a queen size, head up only, twelve inch gel infused memory foam, adjustable base, all included. Eight ninety nine.
1: Wow. You, I mean, that's incredibly affordable, Top. People thinking about there, get off the fe, uh, about it. Get off the fence. That's the deal.
4: That is the deal. If you're needing to upgrade your kids' bed, fill a guest bedroom, fill a vacation home, eight ninety nine won't break the bank. That is crazy deal. Normally valued at around sixteen hundred bucks. Wow. It's a one time offer just this weekend.
1: Boom. The warehouse, eighteen twenty five south, three hundred west. Top you are the best. Thank you, buddy.
4: Thank you for your time today. Appreciate it. It's
1: our friend Christopher from here at the warehouse. Take advantage of that deal. You can afford that adjustable bed you've had your eye on. Mattress included, 1825 South, 300 West. More Big Show coming up next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Wrapping up a big show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Coming up right around the corner, we've got The Movie Zone. Austin Horton and Johnny Lightfoot talking cinema. We often like to get a preview on the poll question. What uh, What is our poll question this week, Austin?
5: Uh, you'll find out why this is our poll question in, in the show pretty early in the show as well. So I'm going to save why it's our poll question. But our poll question is, what is your favorite role and movie of Harrison
3: Ford? Oh, we're gonna find out why you're asking that question. Yes, yes. Is yes, it yes. Harrison Ford's birthday? No. Is uh, is there some momentous occasion in the life of Harrison Ford? No. Oh, all right. Well, isn't, isn't well? I mean, it really would have to come down to. Would have to come down either his role as Indiana Jones or as Han Solo, wouldn't it?
1: I'm going with uh, the creepy drag racer from American Graffiti. <laughs> that was too. That was too minor a role. No way. It was like his first when I movie. Saw, when I saw
3: that movie the first time, I thought he was. An, I hated his character. I thought, what a jerk, because I was rooting for the other guy with the uh, yellow
1: Deuce Coupe. Yeah, whatever that was. <laughs> I thought Here's a Ford. What a jerk. What about uh, Henry from Regarding Henry? I never saw that.
5: Someone else said that, and I, I've i never seen it either.
1: It's good. Regarding Henry's good. Well, wait, what do you say?
5: Who, me? Yeah. Gordon, we do this every I single know, week. I know,
3: I know. You don't want to spill the beans, but give us, okay, give us a selection
1: of your top four.
5: I'll give you a hint. There are movies with Harrison Ford in them. I want people to listen to my show.
1: What about that terrible plane crash movie with Anne Heche? Yeah, six so, days, seven nights. That yeah. might be. Oh it. yeah, that. One.
3: What? Hey, what about uh, the one when he's the president of the United States on Air Force uh, One? Air Force One. God, Get off my plane. <laughs> he's a tough guy in that Wait,
1: one. Wait, you say it automatically is uh, is Han Solo or uh, or Indiana Jones? What about Blade Runner? A fugitive. That's a good one. Tommy Lee Jones was better in that. Movie oh, than Tommy Lee Jones, movie. absolute stud. No doubt about it. But Harrison you think PK Fortune. looks like Tommy Lee Jones? I think no, I P.K. said, P.K. I said P.K. looks like. I said no, twenty years from now, PK looks like Walter Matthau. Oh yeah, they <laughs> yeah. They, they are brothers. Yeah. PK's comp is Walter Matthau, well, it's not Tommy I, Lee Jones. Yeah, I
3: think you guys are wrong on that one, but that's okay. You can have your own opinion on it, but. I know PK really well, and I've stared at his face probably more than you guys. Have.
1: Austin uh, showed us a picture. They're like twin <laughs> brothers, and he looks nothing like Tommy Lee Jones. He looks exactly like Walter Matthau. Okay, well we'll just agree to disagree on that. What do you think? It's an insult to me. Well, you...
5: Gordon thinks I look like Darren Williams, so which that's... is
1: weird. Which is weird. <laughs> what about Johnny? Johnny, what do you think? Walter Matthau. No. <laughs>
3: I know he's going to be there in just a minute.
1: <laughs> with with PK and yes, Walter Matha, no, not with Harrison Ford. <laughs> well, Johnny's going to answer that next. I'm going to answer. I, I I'm know, asking answer these guys it, I'm, what I'm, their I'm, answer is. I'm
3: asking for some suggestions. Yeah. You know, candidates.
0: Mm. Keep it vague. Blade Runner, both of them. There you I'm go. I've always Googled.
1: All right. Coming up right, next, Johnny, it's get the on movie zone. You thanks, get on over there. thanks to the uh, warehouse for hosting the show today. Eighteen twenty-five South, three hundred West. Prices so low to blow your mind. We'll talk to you tomorrow on the on the big show. Ninety-seven 5 and twelve eighty.